This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to another episode of Property Jam. What did you do, Niall? I what dropped my keys do? right as you started talking. It was just wallop. Sorry. Very Sorry, property people. relevant, wasn't it? It was dropping your keys. Anyway, where was I? Welcome to Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And in today's episode, uh, we decided we're going to talk, just the three of us, about money Mm. now money crops up quite a lot throughout the course of the podcast in many different guises uh maybe talking about making money or losing money or you know buying shoes buying well yes buying shoes going on holiday spending money uh so it does come up uh, crop up quite a lot but i think in today's episode we wanted to talk about how money can be the blocker for getting going a property whether it's not having it or actually having it so how it can say a lot of the it comes back to the mindset around money and how we some of the beliefs that we have about what money means and the power that we give to money and and this this kind of started from a story from your perspective joe so something happened to you recently where you found that there was a partnership is that right so this new potential property partnership were um getting together and they're so the three of them had the, the the skills and the fourth person had the money and uh, all of a sudden the, yeah, the, the, it was the fourth person that was getting everything because they had all the money was that right or yeah what, what, yeah what would what, what happened there yeah pretty much exactly what you said so it was um yeah it was during a a, a session I was teaching and there was three people in the room um two of which one had a very logical brain loved the numbers one was all the creative creativity and the gumption and the other one was in the trade like really great and they're old friends like going back years and uh, but they had a, a friend who wasn't there who had come into money and they were in over the course of the the training were just sat there thinking about the three of them going into business and they could see the how it was going to work based on their skill sets and their personality types and how it was all going to come together Um, But the one thing that was holding them back was the emphasis on the friend who had the seed capital, who really, it seemed, didn't have much interest in property. And I think there was a sense that by going into business together, they would almost be scuppering their financial backing. Do you know what I mean? Like they were going to be, they were putting so much emphasis on the money and they had assumed that naturally because this person or this old friend had the money that they would come into the business. And then when they were reframing it as more of an angel transactional relationship, there was a sense of disloyalty, but also a risk to the business that this person wouldn't invest in them anymore um, because they didn't have an equitable stake. And so, yeah, I just, it, it kind of, that was just something that got me thinking about it, but it comes up a lot. It's just this, whole thing about money and like when you're first angeling or investing in education is like that if you put your money into education it's not going to come from anywhere else that's the, that's thing something that comes up all the time you know that you're going to waste it on education when it could have gone into a property that's that's the first thing you know what's more important I suppose and the other thing that comes up all the time is oh um you know if I I can't do this deal without the money therefore I'm not going to do a deal or, you know, that I'm going to give too much of my 
too much interest away because I'm putting so much emphasis on seeking the money or I'm going to go into JV partnership even though I probably shouldn't because I feel like I that person if they're giving money should come in to the deal and it's like this kind of no, I think it's just this this need to almost desperation, I think, or, or anxiety around the money that can sometimes mean you don't necessarily make the smartest of decisions in property. Discuss. Yeah. Discuss. Niall, what's your take on on the money? Yeah, I think it's it, it is the the be all and end all really of of especially when newbies are starting out. Where do I find the money to invest? If you've got a, like you said, Joe, if you've got a pot of 10 grand or 20 grand or whatever it might be, then the automatic assumption is oh, I'm going to spend that and buy a house. Yeah. And instead of spending that or a similar amount on, on training, whereas if you do it the other way around, you learn how to do it properly first, then you can buy as many houses as you want because yeah. um, you can raise the money elsewhere. You can find angel investors. You can you know work with other people. Um, but money will be an issue no matter how much you have to start with. You will need more. Yeah. Uh, you will run out of your own pot eventually, no matter unless you've got an infinite tap of money. Um, but regardless of where you are in your property uh, adventure, as we like to call it, rather than journey, mm. you're going to need you're going to need money. So you have to get over the fact that um, it's not always your money you're going to use, um, and you will need to constantly raise finance, refinance properties, you know, for refurbs, for everything. And um, so money is such a massive mindset shift. Mm. I don't, I, I, being completely honest, I'm not sure if I've got the exact or the, the, the mindset perfected yet. I'm still working on my own mindset when it comes to money, um, which probably has a knock-on effect on the business uh, at some points. But I think it's something that you constantly have to work on. Yeah. Otherwise, you just fall back into your old habits very quickly definitely I think we we are so conditioned and programmed from such a young age you know like young minds school parental behavior all that stuff and you know you are constantly having to re or undo those learnings and I think normally when when you get stressed if there is a financial stress in the business for whatever reason it could be someone's pulled out of an investment or you know you're having to crowdfund super quick or you you can quite easily revert to that old mindset again of scarcity and and mm. and, and you know over you know, desperation or feeling like you're not worthy of it and all of those things it, you, you it's like factory settings it's, it's really you know and you have to kind of go well hang on a minute no there's an abundance of money you know and and um I just got to replace it I've just got to be abundant with it so yeah it's it's mad it's- it is mad and I think I think it's kind of comes to the old adage my my mum my used to say money goes to money so if you've got if you're in a bit of a pickle um, and you're struggling to raise money or you feel that you don't have a lot of money coming in for a particular month or in a particular period, then that automatically puts you into a negative mindset. Um, whereas if, you've, if you're more flush, then your mindset changes. So it's, it's, it's important to try and get yourself out of that rut. Easier said than done, but yeah. trying to change that mindset is, is, is difficult and, but important. Because it's the mindset that changes the behaviour, isn't it? Completely right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. No, it is. It is uh, that kind of undoing of the internal programming, mm. um, which is which is a key thing. Um, 
yeah it's amazing how much of a, an impact it has on on the kind of everyday life and uh getting your own backyard in order is probably the first thing to do you know getting control over your own your own finances understanding what's going on uh, you know from day to day mm-hmm. that once you feel confident that you've got control over it doesn't mean that it has to be in the greatest of states but yeah you know, just control over it awareness awareness is, is the key thing because the, the action the activity of solving a problem is a positive thing yeah so if you feel like you're solving a problem then you can continue to move and continue to solve it yeah. so um so if you're raising finance just the activity of raising finance makes you more positive so uh, yeah so when you're um looking for money look for JV, jv partners investors um uh, you know then it is a case of, of just do something mm. anything you don't know where the next you don't know where the next opportunity is going to come from mm. uh, but if you sit and still and do nothing the only thing you can do if you sit still and do nothing is change your own mind by i don't know you can meditate you know you just get yourself comfortable with the situation and then you'll go and do something yeah that's a really good point actually because you never know where you're going to meet someone and over the weekend um, I decided to go into London uh, on Saturday. I very rarely go into London, but I just thought I would go into London for a few hours just to, yeah, just to see what was around, do a bit of shopping. And on my way back, um, I met three guys on the train. Um, and one of them, um, they're all, both, all based up north, uh, live in Runcorn, um, and were very interested in finding out what you could do in London, you know, where they could go. They're staying in Blackheath, which is not that far from here. Um, you know, what pubs to go to, what clubs to go to, etc. And uh, asked me what I did. And when I told them I was investing in property, one of them, one of them, his ears just pricked up. Hmm. Um, and he had, he's bought a house in Runcorn that he's currently living in. But he's, he's got a really good, really well paid job. Um, and he's looking at and investing in various different um, strategies, investment strategies. So he's put some money in crypto, he's put some money in gold, he's put some money in property. Um, and he he's about 26 years old. Mm. And he said that he really feels like he needs a mentor, he needs a guide, he needs someone really to take him to the next level. And I was like, Ooh. well, isn't that interesting? Because I happen to Hello. be a property mentor. So uh, it's in, in on that same thread, you never know where you're going to meet people. So if you're talking about it, and you're putting yourself out there, and you're open to these new opportunities, you, they're they're going to come from all random places. Yeah, I think I, that's so true. And I think that comes down to your projection and attitude towards it, like whatever that, that might be. Because I think the more relaxed you are with money and the more comfortable you, you are with money, the more you put people at ease. So, and I think also the more boundaries you are as well, which is when, so when you're presented with that situation, with you're working with a potential investor and maybe you're working with an angel for the first time and you've got that real need to kind of just get the money however you need you know just 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 I've just you've put all of your investment eggs in that one angel and you're just praying that they're going to get across the line and then they start negotiating perhaps on a much higher interest rate if you haven't got that sense of worth or you're 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 almost too desperate for the money then the chances are you'll cave into that. And actually what that does is it it doesn't actually put your in, your investing relationship in a very strong position because it looks like you are caving. It looks like you 
Do you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. not a negotiation. That's a giving in. And that's a real kind of, I, I think it speaks volumes to an investor when you actually say, well, actually, no, this is the deal. If it doesn't work for you on this one, perhaps another one might be suitable later on down the line and I'll seek investment elsewhere. That says to them, oh, hang on a minute, you know, they don't need me, you know. <laughs> and it and it just, I think it sends you a message that, you know, it's not just about the money, you will find the money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But that you're you're also, you know, the worth of yourself and you know the worth of the deal. Therefore, you're not going to be too hungry for the money. And I think psychologically, these conversations really help you when you're starting out um so yeah it's um i think we've got to the bottom of it there because we started off talking about people putting too much power on the money mm. but it's, it's it's actually sense of worth mm-hmm. so mm. and people under, understanding their own worth mm. and that worth is not necessarily dictated to by the amount of money you've got because actually money is there isn't pretty much an infinite amount of money out there yeah and there are there are not you know an infinite number of people that know how to deal with money and know what to do with money and the people with money don't necessarily know what know what to do with it some people have made money because they've uh, yeah they've been very smart and they know what they're doing uh, and they're probably going to go and invest their own money out you know, if you've got people who have inherited money or come come into money as i think is the word you the phrase you used um they don't have a clue what to do with it and they're very likely to lose it if they don't partner with someone who's who knows how to deal with money mm. so yeah. actually it is that sense of worth and the person with the money just not well if they think they've got all the power they're probably not the right person to work with anyway you probably don't want them in your business because they want to control you yeah. so that would be about control of the money control of what's happening with it whereas yeah, you know, a good investor is someone who's got money, who, who trusts you, likes you, knows, likes and trusts you. Uh, to to yeah, you know, and obviously they're going to sense check things, and there's a level of, of due diligence, there's a level of of um of, of you know touching base. But I think in in the long in the long run, understand your worth, and you could you can put you can put a number on it if you want and say well okay so who would do this job in the business how much is this role worth what can if i wasn't here what would be the what would happen to the business that's a great way of framing it so Mm. so if i wasn't here what would happen to the business Mm. um and there we say well the business would make you know 50 percent less or the business would make nothing nothing yeah so if the business was going to make nothing then actually you're the one with all the power absolutely yeah and then it's then it's about that negotiation and, and the, the the compromise because obviously people need capital to invest but if you're the one that if, if, if you didn't exist the business wouldn't exist therefore um you know you should have your pick of investors mm. in reality yeah. you, do have, you do have your pick of investors you just don't know where they are yet yeah totally and again that comes down to your confidence and your attitude when talking about it with other people and sort of you know confidently articulating that you are in the money for for investment um you know that you're in you're 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 open to conversations and yeah that sort of sense of embracing it with with confidence but but boundaries well is is, is a really fine balance but i think you're right it, it, 
if you actually thought if I took myself out of my business does it does it what happens and it's like if if nothing happens then know your worth you know that that person's not going to get any interest on their money if you don't instigate that conversation so it's funny this has come up for me personally at the moment I've got uh, an investor who's been with me for years since 2016 he's pulled his money because he's got a refurb himself coming up he's doing his own projects now Uh, it's not a huge amount of money but uh yeah and I'm having conversations with people you know outside of my property network um to replace those funds and I sent through because it's a it's a replacement they're just an armchair invest it's just an armchair investing opportunity right so there's not there's no risk attached to the money it's not in a live deal it's just it's just there so I sent them the historic deal pack to have a look at so that they understood the context of of where what their money is replacing what's servicing it basically and they came back to me and was just like, blimey, that is such a comprehensive business document. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, are you surprised by that? And they were like, oh, I just thought this was quite a casual arrangement was the comment. You know what I mean? Like they just thought this was kind of like a, but this, this document's 14 pages long, you know, and it kind of explained so much about this particular scheme. And they were really surprised at the, you know, the level of professionalism. And it makes you realize that document is a second nature thing that we do. And Mm -hmm. it it kind of gives credibility to your own professionalism, that you do know your stuff, that, you know, it's worthy of investment, that this is just part of what you do. And it's conversations and comments like that, that remind you of that, because I think when it becomes your normal, you forget. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And we always hammer home the fact of having a really good investment proposal ready at all times you know you never know where you're going to be even if it's a a one pager so you've got an outline of what it is you do and what you're looking for but it surprises me how how many people put so little emphasis on it or don't appreciate the value of it Mm. that that's that so it's it's um it's nice to see that you've had a positive experience and hopefully people that are listening to this that have been toying with the idea or think that a an investment proposal isn't worth the paper it's written on. There's proof that it obviously is, and much more. So much. Yeah. In, in so fact, much. in fact, yeah. You you don't really know until you start putting it out there. Hmm. Um, and they say, oh, actually, investors as a proposal they've seen a hell of a lot worse. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, we did a, a a an offer pack recently. We put it out to one of our networks, and people in that network have been doing offer packs for like four, five, six years. And this was our first one but it's just based on the normal stuff that we do I was like oh my god it's the best offer back I've ever seen <laughs> just like really you mean yeah, like, no one is that no one has come up with anything like this or better than this before <laughs> that's amazing. Like, really yeah yeah um, confidence yeah. booster isn't it like yeah. Yeah, but it also shows the appetite for it doesn't it you know if you're I think now there's two things here that this this conversation flags up naturally and the first is when is like the importance of the deal proposal which I always think is the you know it's the it's the detail isn't it but even but the step before that is always got to be the how you're being in order to be able to send that proposal out in the first place or hand somebody a document because if I was just talking to a random and they handed me a a one-page summary of an investment I'd be like who the fuck are you right like I'm not going to invest in in anything because I don't know who you are Mm. so how you are acting behaving and 
and in like really representing yourself is the first thing an investor buys into. The second part of that is the supplementary detail of the actual investment, which has to be comprehensive um, and a real reflection of your professionalism. So the, the two go hand in hand. It's you and and the deal pack. And I, I, I'm not a fan of people who just kind of float the one pager around. In, and I'm like, you look thirsty. Let's have a chat first and then I'll send you something, you know, and then we can have another coffee after that. Because that's the equivalent of going on a first date and handing over a summary of your Tinder profile. They've seen it or they want to know more. But you don't. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that's something that's necessarily overly professional. So I'm all about the let's chat. I'll give you the headlines. I should be able to run off the top level information with you. And just say, if that's something you want to know more about, hey, like drop me your email, I'll ping it over, then we'll have a coffee. Yeah. It's more organic, you know. It is it's- much more organic. And I see it more and more on social media now oh. where people connect. And they, I don't know if it's pissing anyone else off, yeah. but it really pisses me off. The first a message that I get from a lot of people, whether it be LinkedIn, whether LinkedIn. it be Instagram, and they're literally selling me their wares on day one, whether uh-huh. it's relevant or not. Yeah. And sometimes if it is relevant, I can, I guess I'm a little bit less annoyed because it fits, but it's just a very generic message that goes out to everybody that they connect with, trying to arrange a call or um, to connect with them so that they can sell you whatever it is they're trying to sell. And it's like, well, at least get to know me first. Buy me a drink before you try and get me into bed, you know? Right. It's, it, it, for me, dating and um, dating and raising finance or doing business, actually, is no different. It's a trust thing and a, and a rapport thing and a chemistry thing that has to be right before you enter into it. And like LinkedIn, I, I don't know about you guys, it's the worst. You, generally speaking, LinkedIn, I don't find... I mean, LinkedIn and Instagram, they, they're both breaching FCA regulations left, right and centre. People aren't aware of the limitations and stuff. So you're actually getting explicitly publicly sold deals, you know, mm. and you're like, whoa, OK, like, hang on a minute. There's, 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 there's boundaries here. Um, but also the whole kind of, oh, I don't believe. Um, did you see my message last week? Or um, I know you're busy and you probably haven't had a chance to. But have you thought any more about my message above? And I'm like, this is not how it works. This is not how you do this. Uh, you know, and it's, um, oh, I just, I can't ever imagine responding to somebody in that way. Maybe that's just me. Do you guys ever respond? Like, have you ever responded to LinkedIn inbound messages? Like, I have. I when they have been, when they've been highly relevant for something that I'm thinking about. Like what? So, they, they, uh, so, I first met Van of Coho. Yeah. That was actually an inbound message from Van. But how but, did he start? Because he's quite a personable person. I can't imagine it was very cold cooly. Like, was it? No, very, it wasn't. Of, it was about you. I would imagine Van would have gone in and said, I, I'm interested in you, right? Yeah. He didn't say a sfixy wank in his, um, <laughs> in his inbound message. He is quite, he is, he is quite um, uh, yeah, he doesn't hold back on his... Uh, <laughs> On his uh, social media, anyway. I still think that's funny that he said that on his uh, his property jam episode. He says hi. This this is his very first message to me. Oh wow! Okay. There we go. I've gone and found it. Here we go. Um. Uh. Back in May 2020, 
Hi Matt, when you run when you coach someone in running HMOs, do you recommend any specific software they use? Great. Great. Asking, asking you a question right off the bat rather than trying to sell right. this software. And then and then because we've been talking about text tech systems, I went off on one. <laughs> so he basically said the right the right thing. Um, <laughs> basically we're bitching about tech solutions. Um, and, and then he sold me when I basically said, I want a tech solution, please. <laughs> and then he said, well, funnily enough. <laughs> that's so great. That's a marriage made in heaven. Uh, like, otherwise, you'd be sorry he asked the question in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't ask for uh, warranty. And, and then we chatted <laughs> the very next day for about three hours. There we go. See, that's how it's done. And his approach, and it's the same, it's the same with investment and money generally. It's a inviting a conversation, you know, it's a curiosity. It's a are you in need of something? Could this be of service to you? Or how do you do this? And normally, if somebody's asking how you do something, it's because they think that they could possibly be able to help. And oh yeah, with returns and stuff yeah i mean you can help so many people but if you're going in hard wow mm. right and it just says yeah, hi like how mindset. are you did you know that we do this 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 and this and that by doing this um we can help you do that 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 that's just like okay well how did you know that i had that problem right exactly. um, and i don't have that problem so now you can just fuck off really thank you very much yeah so yes yeah, so identify someone's got a problem let's bring this back to money and investment because uh we're going around the houses <laughs> um, so uh so yeah, what was i saying uh, when you're speaking as a potential investor what's their problem they got money sitting in the bank they're not entirely sure what to do with it uh, or they got a few ideas they've got too many ideas and they, they, they could do with it they're not entirely sure which one's the right one Mm -hmm. so how could you help them you can help them give them some clarity you don't even have to tell them that investing in you is the right thing to do i've actually had conversations with people who were umming and ahhing whether we were the right person to invest in i told them actually no no we're not the right people to invest in go invest in something they go invest in that instead mm. um doesn't happen very often mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and i was looking at me going really who? <laughs> <laughs> if you told someone to go and invest somewhere else just like yeah we need yeah, to speak up not... to this man <laughs> yeah. trust me it's not it's, it's not recently um but yeah no definitely yeah the thing is you're right it's, do they have a problem mm. um, yeah. and you're yeah. not necessarily going to be the one to solve it which i think is really honest you know it's a bit like going back to the whole point about investing in training and stuff like you know when people get all like caught up on the should i spend money on the training in order to kind of have access to asset investment over the long term because I've learned how to do it if they're struggling with that in a, in a really big way I think everyone is it's normal to have that kind of concern initially but if you're not getting that I I do question whether you you get it at all and I'm just like don't don't do it like if you're struggling mm. with this as a concept oh mm. property's not for you because it is that adjustment of mindset where you have to kind of you know investment pays the best interest isn't it it's that whole saying and that and, and learning how to do something is no different and um yeah so I, I i do think that being boundaried and saying no it, again it gives it it, it 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 makes you it's that sense of self-worth again that you know 
um, whether something's right for you or something's not right for them. And people respect that. Same in relationships. It's, it's honestly, it's a really, it's the same thing. In fact, we come back to the uh, previous episode that we did uh, where we talked about saying no, you know, the power yeah. of saying no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at which point I, I'm going to say no to the rest of this episode, this episode <laughs> and, and, and draw it to a close because I think uh, we're going to uh, keep it brief today. I think we've covered uh, quite a bit about money, mindset, yeah. worth. Um, and yeah, let's leave people to the rest of their days. Uh, if you like what you heard, please do uh, drop us a line. Um, I believe the email address will be at the end of the episode. So that'll be a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you on, on the next, next episode, episode.